So how significant is this? USC is going to have 21 early mid-year enrollees available for spring camp. Let's talk about that on this episode of Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, I always remind everybody we are free. And I really want to say thank you to everybody who's coming along for the ride. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done it yet, there's a red subscribe button. Do me a favor, hit it, click it. It means a whole heck of a lot. And to those of you who already have, as always, a very sincere thank you. All right, this episode of Locked on USC is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I, I, I really don't want to get the show off, off, start the show off with on a somber note, but I think I would be remiss if we didn't, uh, you know, take a, take a minute just to remember Charles White, who passed away. 64 years old, USC's third Heisman Trophy winner. Um, nobody, USC's had a lot of great running backs. Uh, however, nobody ran the ball, in my opinion, as hard as Charles White. You could give that guy the ball a hundred times a game, and he will get you four yards or five yards, 95 times. He was that type of determined runner. He still is USC's all-time leading rusher uh, with over 6,000 yards carrying the ball. Uh, he, I believe he still holds the Rose Bowl record for most yards in a game, over 240. I believe he did that against Ohio State. Um, something else to remember, Charles White was in the same backfield as Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen was his fullback. Marcus Allen became USC's fourth Heisman Trophy winner. That's how it used to be back in the day. It was tailback you. I'm sure everybody's aware, you know, Charles, uh, he had a he had a rough post-career. And the one thing I will always remember uh, in my very few interactions, but one time uh, he was walking in my neighborhood. It was in Long Beach, um, and on his Letterman jacket. And I was walking one way; he was walking at me. And I said, "Fight on, Charles!" He greeted everyone the same way: "Fight on, Trojan!" And it was that's going to be my memory. Besides, you know, growing up as a kid and and watching him do what he did on the football field. So, um, again, it's it's a sad note. USC lost one of their best ever. Uh, however, like I said, it would, I would have been remiss if we didn't at least talk about it for a minute. So keep, uh, keep him and his family in your thoughts. USC lost a good one. So moving forward, uh, as I mentioned at the top, uh, USC is going to have you know 21 of their early enrolling mid-year guys uh, 
available at spring camp. That's significant. This is the same team who, you know, just a year before won four games, and they were able to turn that around into an 11-win season. Okay. So they're not only returning a Heisman winner at quarterback, but he's also the best player in college football. I mean, he's that good. That's not hyperbole. He literally carried this team to 11 wins when you consider the big picture, everything else that was going on with that program, defensively, special teams. Um, it was a team effort, but Caleb, there's a reason Caleb won the Heisman. And there was that big of a separation between him and Stetson Bennett, who just won the national championship for the second year row. Uh, Max Duke in the quarterback at TCU, CJ and CJ Stroud at, at Ohio State. Uh, so again, Caleb is going to be able to lead uh, these new guys, um, but there's also, you know, there's a really nice core group players also returning from this 11-win team. And what's really cool is we all dread the offseason, but Ulysses football offseason isn't going to last as long as we're, uh, you know, that we're accustomed to. Because uh, USC is going to be playing uh, a little earlier than normal in 2023. They're going to have a week zero game, which means though Lincoln Riley mentioned that they're going to start spring camp earlier this year. Uh, so following the logic, they are also going to be starting fall camp earlier this year. Um, so with a two-game you know, losing streak still fresh uh, in everyone's mind. Uh, that means for us, this offseason is going to be over much quicker. That's a good thing. And that means the team also gets to start working on getting better sooner. Uh, Lincoln Riley said on Tuesday in our in his state of the program address with uh, the eight of us in the media that were there, uh, he, he's put the goal, he's put the plan out there already. These guys, when they had their team meeting on this past Sunday, uh, he said, look, we, we got you here. I'm going to lay out a plan to get you there. So these next, you know, eight to 12 weeks, whatever that time frame is before spring camp starts, um, they are going to be working on getting bigger, faster, stronger. It's going to be all about conditioning and nutrition. That's the plan right now that they're focused on. Uh, it's not about getting out there and throwing the ball around with their teammates. There'll, there'll be plenty of time for that. Um, because, you know, well, everybody knows defense and special teams is where they they need to get better, and they need to get a lot better and a lot and very quickly because the season is going to be upon us that quick. But before we talk about the defense, because we know that's where they need to get better, um, the offense is going to look different, too, in 2023. Yeah, Caleb Williams will be back. But the uh, I'm sure you've heard by now, the wide receiver room took another portal hit. Um, and this one hurts a little bit because of of who it is. Um, you, know, we, you know, Kyle Ford is the latest uh, USC wide receiver to jump into the transfer portal. Uh, I'm sure you've heard by now. And the reason why this one hurts a little bit is because um, what he's battled, battled through to get back to being 
the Kyle Ford that everybody was looking forward to seeing. And you got to see him at the end of 2022. Uh, 20 receptions, 350 yards, roughly a few touchdowns. He was starting to really come into his own after battling back and finally getting healthy. Well, he's going to be a grad transfer. He's going to have two years of eligibility wherever he ends up. Um, and I get it. You know, he wants to have a more prominent role uh, so he can, you know, get more film ready for the NFL. He, I think in his mind, is he wants to play in college one more year and head to the NFL even though he has two years of eligibility. And again, Kyle Ford isn't just a really good football player uh, who's, like I mentioned, he's persevered through two very serious ACL injuries. Um, but he's as about as a solid of a person as you're going to come across in your lifetime. Uh, my my interactions with him have been have been limited. I I followed him through high school and had you know I've had opportunities to interview him. Uh, but he's such a thoughtful, funny, intelligent uh, young man that whichever program he ends up at, they're getting a very special person as on top of a great football player. So we only wish him the well. We only wish him the best. But again, you know, he's not the only wide receiver who's left. We already know about C.J. Williams. He is committed to Wisconsin. Gary Bryant Jr., uh, not sure where he's going to end up yet. I'm thinking maybe one of the Arizona schools, maybe Colorado. I think it's going to be somewhere close close by. Maybe he heads up to Oregon State to play with D.J. Ungulele. Who knows? Um, but think about this for a second. <laughs> USC is losing three four-star wide receivers. And it's really not going to affect the team's productivity. I mean, that's crazy when you think about it. That's a, Those three guys, that's a starting lineup at, at probably 90% of the schools across the country. So it just kind of shows you how deep and talented USC's wide receiver room is. So not only is Jordan Addison gone after his one year, um, even with those three guys leaving, Jordan Addison and Terrell Bynum, um, there's minimal concern, at least on my end. Maybe I maybe I should be more concerned. Here's why I'm not. You've got all Pac-12 wide receiver, Dorian Singer, coming over from Arizona. Um, he's among the early enrollees, by the way, as are the two super-duper freshman wide receivers, Zach Branch and Makai Lemon. Both of those guys are already enrolled. So three are gone. Three have come in. Dorian Singer has, I, I think he's the reason why probably, I don't want to say chase Kyle Ford away, but Kyle Ford's not dumb. He knows what he knows playing time is going to be divided and he needs, he wants more playing time without as much talented competition without as much talent and competition that he's going to be up against. And that's not a knock against Kyle. What he's battled back against, I think he's earned the right to make this choice. Um, so, again, this is no offense whatsoever to, to Kyle, to Gary, to CJ. Um, and there's possible one more could leave still. Uh, however, again, this is a non-issue for the, for the wide receiver. If there is an issue that could arise. I suppose it's, it could be depth. Um, this is who you have returning, part of the core group. You've got Brendan Rice, Mario Williams, uh, Michael Jackson III, 
Kyron Hudson, Taj Washington. Um, I, and I need to find out, is JJ3, is John Jackson coming back? Um, I mentioned Dorian Singer and the two freshmen. Now, I'm not sure if I mentioned earlier this week uh, in our conversation that I had with Lincoln, but Lincoln highlighted Taj Washington uh, as the wide receiver who he thought had a fantastic, maybe the most growth uh, among the group. So he's coming back next year. Uh, also on the offense, you have other early mid-year enrollees um, at the O-line. You got the, you have, not the, you have Michael Tarquin, the offensive tackle from Florida. Uh, remember, he's dating Tony Baselli's daughter. And you have, then you have the Jared Kingston, the offensive lineman from Washington State, who could play tackle as well as guard. Um, and he's joining Elijah Page, the freshman from Scottsdale, Arizona. Those three offensive linemen are going to be competing for playing time. Uh, I'm not sure about Elijah Page as much as the, the two transfers. Uh, however, <coughs> uh, core group returning, Cortland Ford, Justin Dietrich, Jonah Monheim, Gina Quinones, and Mason Murphy. And then behind those guys, you have, you know, some of the, you have a few of the members from the 2020, uh, 2020 recruiting class, which was offensive line heavy, that was probably underrated now. Uh, so a couple of names to keep an eye on there, Andrew Malek and Andrews, uh, Andrews to work. Just uh, throwing those out there. And then don't forget about the running backs uh, who are going to be joining Ray Lake Brown, Austin Jones, and Darwin Barlow. You've got Marshawn Lloyd, the transfer. You've got the two freshmen, Quentin Joyner and Amarian Peterson. So offenses are going to look pretty different, even though you have a great core group coming back that put up 11 wins. But those names that I just rattled off, these guys came in to compete for playing time and should be impact players this year, barring injury. And then real quickly, because I'm going to spend time on defense next week, uh, you have Taka Curtis, who is already enrolled. You have the defensive backs, Maliki Crawford and Christian Pierce, also enrolled. And Pierce might be the most underrated guy in this class. Uh, I, I know everyone was upset when they saw 2024 safety Peyton Woodyard make his commitment to Georgia. You still have Zion Branch. And you've got this young man, Christian Pierce. You've got Kalen Bullock. USC is loaded at safety. We're good. And then uh, as far as another early enrollee who's already here on defense, you've got the defensive end, Sam Green, from uh, the East Coast, from Washington, Baltimore. I'll keep everyone updated with more info as it comes along. But again, I just thought this was a... Let's close the week out on some, some positive news. USC, football, you've got a bunch of guys coming back who contributed to an 11-win season, Caleb Williams being one of them. And then you've got all these new early enrollee mid-year guys that are going to be at spring camp, so they're going to be ahead of the curve by the time fall camp rolls around. All right. Before fall camp and spring camp, why don't you head on over to 
BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those over there as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, thanks again, always, for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. I need to make sure you go check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear it from Big Nayak. Big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of basketball, stick with me. I'll get back to football. Going to kind of break up the monotony here, cleanse the palate. USC, men's hoops. They got their first win of the 2023 New Year when they beat Colorado's 8-61. to They break a two-game losing streak um, in the new year. They, remember, in December, they went 7-0. They were on a seven-game winning streak. Uh, the last game of 2022, they won on the road in Seattle at Washington, and then they lost uh, at Wazoo, and then last week at UCLA in a heartbreaker, uh, even though they came all the way back to take the lead in that game, only to eventually lose. It was an 18-point lead they overcame. They were leading with less than 15 seconds, and UCLA came back for the win. Anyways, that was then. But this that was even the big news, USC getting the win over Colorado, 68-61. to The big news, USC basketball five-star Vince Uwuchuku. He got to make his, his debut for the Trojans. And uh, he... He, when he checked into the game, I think it was about five minutes in, standing ovation from, from those of you who showed up to uh, cheer on your troops. I'm going to get to that here shortly. Um, that's That was a win right there. He had no points, no rebounds, no stats. Uh, he, has not, he has not played the game in a while. Well, <laughs> it looked like it. Um, but again, him just stepping on the court in front of his family who flew out from Florida to watch, that's the win. Even had USC lost the game, this is the news. This young man suffered a cardiac uh, issue, cardiac arrest. He had a heart attack on the practice court back in June, July, I believe. And if it wasn't for Coach Andy Enfield and head athletic trainer uh, John Yonamini, doing exactly what they were supposed to. Who knows if he's even with us today. And the fact that what happened to the Buffalo Bills safety happened just a couple of weeks ago, I got to be honest with you. Knowing USC's overly cautious history, I never thought this this day was going to come. So to see Vince on the court, running up and down, and looking as athletic as he does, as soon as he gets his stamina and gets his basketball feet under him, it seems going to be even more fun to watch. I'm just glad to be wrong. Thank you, USC. This is 
and I'm, I'm saying thank you now because I'm going to come down on you in a little bit here. Stick with it, folks. I'm going to be going on one of my rants here very shortly. Uh, I want to say thank you to USC and the medical staff for getting that young man uh, ready to play. He's, he's, he's achieving one of his dreams. Um, so while that was fun to watch, the other thing that was really fun to watch was Joshua Morgan. He had a really rough game at UCLA. I mean, in 17 minutes in the first half, couldn't even get a rebound. And Andy Enfield was pretty upset with the effort, and he sent a message to Josh, and he sat him the second half. He got back in the game late, but he's like, dude, you need to do better. <laughs> Josh did better. He came back with a vengeance tonight. Uh, and he made life really rough for, for Colorado. He, uh, he had 12 points, four blocks, and three steals. By the way, three steals is a career high. His four blocks were really impressive. I mean, he was swapping stuff into the stands. Um, he, Josh was, uh, I think he said he brought 110% tonight. Uh, and he needed to because Colorado has a, I think he's a seven-footer. His name's Lawson Lovering. He had a 13.14 rebound game. Oh, and by the way, half of those rebounds were offensive. And that's what kept uh, Colorado in the game. Um, with It was because of their 15 second chance points off of their re offensive rebounding. Neither team uh, was able to, could make a three. I, one t I think Colorado shot 29% from three point range. USC was 27% or maybe those percentages are flipped. Regardless, they both sucked. Um, and neither team shot over 45% from the field. USC was slightly better. They were at 43%. Colorado was at 41%. So defensively, USC brought their game. They always do. Um, and that's where they were significantly better than Colorado uh, playing defense. They forced 22 Buffalo turnovers. USC only turned it over nine times. That's a great number for them. <laughs> Especially if you've, been, if you've been paying attention to USC basketball, it's a fantastic number. So why was the game so close? Because USC is a terrible rebounding team. They're small. Outside of Josh Morgan, um, and now you get Vince Uwachuku back, you're at, you're starting to add some size. Kajani Wright, I think the game's a little bit too to sped, uh, sped up for him right now. He, he got some minutes. In fact, uh, Andy Enfield, what, he emptied the bench. All 12 guys played. All 12 scholarship guys played. And I asked him about that after the game, and he said it's because they had a really great week of practice, and he felt those guys deserved some minutes. Back to USC being a terrible rebounding team, though. Um, they were out-rebounded overall 44-29 to and 15-8 on the offensive glass. I mentioned Colorado's uh, Lawson, what was his name again? Oh, doesn't matter. He had seven offensive boards. So at least USC as a team had one more than that guy. Uh, um, yeah, it was, this is, this is going to hurt USC throughout the season. And if they can't get that cleaned up, uh, it doesn't matter if they're playing a half two three zone or man to man. They're just having a tough time recovering and rebounding. 
Um, by the way, his name is Lawson Lovering. I don't mean to disrespect the young man. He had a hell of a game. Um, but the, the reason why USC has, um, why this game was closer than it should have been is they go cold. They, they go cold in spurts and they just, they stop making baskets. I can't tell you how many times I watched them miss layups again tonight. Uh, Drew Peterson, solid game. He led the team with 15 points. An observation, something that I noticed from Drew tonight, he rarely turned his back and tried to back his guy down. Everything, he faced the basket. I need to see more of that from Drew Ski because he was, he was very productive. The one thing he did do, though, is he left his feet a few times when he shouldn't have. You're always taught when you leave your feet to shoot. You don't leave your feet to pass. He put himself in a couple of bad situations. I'm just nitpicking from a – remember, I used to be a high school basketball coach. So I, I see these things, though. It's hard for me to, to not say, don't do that. Um, Boogie Ellis, 14 points, six assists, no turnovers. Fantastic game. Boogie and, and, and Joshua were hooking up on alley-oops. Really solid performance all around. Um, and I mentioned Josh Morgan already, his stat line. Uh, following the game, uh, Coach Enfield said, our guys played very hard. We played all 12 guys, so it was a nice team effort. Uh, to be Colorado, you have to play team offense, and then we tried to really pressure them and force some turnovers. 22 was a pretty good number there. Um, and I already mentioned why uh, he used uh, all 12 players. He, he said they had a really good week of practice. So uh, that allows his depth to wear teams down. When you play small, you're quicker than the other team. And you want to be able to rotate guys in and out to, to, to be able to play that style. So now the, what, 12 and 5, Trojans 4 and 2 in the conference. Uh, they're going to take on the 12 and 6 Utah Utes, who, by the way, uh, Saturday night at 7.30 at Galen Center, uh, UCLA beat Utah 68-49 to uh, Thursday night. Uh, so it would be great. I'm going to start my rant a little bit early here. If the fans can start, you know, start showing up, support the team, can you do it at least till football starts up again? The basketball season will be over before spring camp. Get out there. What else are you going to do, right? It's not asking a lot, guys. Seriously. Um, you know, at least the students or the the Legion, whatever they're calling their What's wrong with the Trojan family? I, I think they call it the Legion. It's a stupid name. I don't like it. They showed up. The student section was pretty much filled to capacity. The USC men's volleyball team had their own little corner section there. All I know is um, USC fans, you need to get this stuff figured out. Uh, before you join the big conference in a year. Because those fans care about their sports programs, football, basketball, everything. And they travel and they live in other parts of the country. You really don't want to be embarrassed in your own home field, home field, or your home arena by visiting fans, especially conference fans. So USC family, Trojan family, get your stuff together.
get out there, support the basketball team, have some pride in your school that you support. You can chew gum and walk at the same time. It's okay to like and basketball. It's not like I'm asking you to go watch. Well, I'm not going to say. All right. So someone asked me um, on my YouTube on the YouTube channel uh, if if USC is going to have some new facilities. I told him I would answer my, answer that question on the next show. Actually, someone asked me on Twitter. Wherever it was asked, I'm answering your question. I'm going to say there's a very, very, very good chance something will be announced soon. Anytime you go to three varies, you know the rule. Uh, Here's why I feel confident something's going to get announced eventually. Maybe not soon, eventually. Uh, I asked uh, our sports information director for football, Katie Ryan, if the media were ever going to get our our work area back inside Heritage Hall. During practice, um, in between when we were not allowed to watch practice, we would go inside Heritage Hall. And there's this little work area where we can, you know, start writing up our practice reports or, or whatever. Well, that's not happening, apparently. Uh, it, that's being used now by the USC social media creative team, who, by the way, are doing a fantastic job. So that's their little nook. However, Katie did tell me that if when the new facility is uh, built, uh, she was going to try and make sure that uh, we have our own uh, workspace dedicated strictly for football. So I thought that was kind of cool. And then that later kind of got reinforced when Lincoln mentioned something about new facilities and coming and that kind of sealed the deal. So yes, there are new facility, new USC football facilities in the works. I have not seen the blueprints. Um, if I've mentioned this on the wersc.com site before, there's not a lot of space to work, work with the, so I'm thinking they're going to be going up and down vertically. And maybe I would love to see some sort of land bridge from the McKay Center to Howard Jones Field. Here goes my rant. Uh, whatever um, and wherever they build the new facilities. Apparently, USC is not going to be putting the word field anywhere near it. <clears throat> Earlier in the week, and I wasn't even sure this was real until I went and looked it up, but it is. Uh, USC sent out a letter announcing that they will no longer use the word field as in conducting field work because it's perceived as racist. This is what I have to say to that. I cannot wait to get out to Howard Jones practice field and watch all of those student athletes being told what to do and how to do it and when to do it with guys blowing whistles at them. How's that? I, I, I really, I know I should steer, steer really clear politics, but this is just so over the top stupid on USC's behalf. Look, gave earlier in the show for the medical team and for USC training their training their people to be on the spot in case something happened 
talking about Andy Anfield, making sure that Vince Uachuku is here with us today, alive, and John Yonamini. But this is freaking stupid. I'm never going to call it the Howard Jones practicum facility. Ever. I promise you that. I'm I'm just going to stop now because I don't want to get into trouble. But let me remind everybody, including the folks at USC who signed off on this, the Trojans play football on a field that United Airlines is putting, paying an airplane load of money for to put their name on. This type of crap needs to end because it's almost as, as embarrassing as the lack of fans who show up to support USC basketball. And I'm even going to say to a lesser extent football. Not one sellout in 2022. Including the Notre Dame game. So, that's the end of my rant. That's the end of this week of Locked on USC. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back again next week for another five episodes because that was, that's what we do in 30 minutes or less. Even though I went over a little bit this week, there's a lot to talk about. So, until our next episode of Locked on USC, don't forget to check out Locked on College Basketball on this app or YouTube. Get some good stuff over there. and. When you're done making Locked on USC your first listen every day, don't forget to head on over to WeRSC.com. Check out all that awesome written content that we're providing for you. You're going to love it. Until then, everyone, you know what to do.